I created the five biggest money blocks for spiritual entrepreneurs webinar in December, and it was so valuable. The live coaching was so valuable that I wanted to share it with all of you podcast listeners. So please enjoy the audio recording of the webinar. Welcome to the Trauma-Informed Witch Podcast, where we'll talk about patriarchy, mental health, creating money and abundance, and how to live a life that feels rich and that is rich. Let's go. Okay, so... Um, many of you know me. If you don't, my name is Bryn Bamber. I am a trauma-informed witch and an emotional body worker, a patriarchy smasher, and I doubled my income from 2020 to 2021, more than. So I have, I learned something about money this year that I wanted to share and part of the the impetus to create this workshop is to think how can I share what I have learned about money and money blocks and the goal is to help you see my invitation to you as we go through this is to notice which of these blocks is the biggest one for you right now. So I'm gonna go over five. I may add some more because even since I've made the PowerPoint, my, you know, my brain is opening up in new ways. So I might even add a sixth or a seventh. But my invitation to you is to just see if the ones I go through, if they are operating in your life and if yes how because it really is individualized work the ones that are holding us back the most and it's a non-linear journey where there are certain blocks I know in my life there are certain money blocks I'll probably be like dealing with on deeper and deeper layers <laughs> for for years to come but, but my invitation is to really notice which of the blocks feel like, oh, that is part of what's holding me back. And which of the ones feel like, oh, that I don't really feel a charge. I don't really understand how this would be relevant to me right now. Like some of them might not be a big one in your life right now. And the work with money blocks, the first and most important step is awareness. If we know, we do not have to completely eradicate the neural pathways in order to make more money. <laughs> if we did, it would take a hell of a long time. So, so awareness is such a big key and noticing when that money block is kind of taking over, when that part of your inner child that's activated is taking over and trying to make decisions about your money, decisions about, about your business, the awareness of that and the, the, the sooner we can notice that, that's 
what can really shift things. Okay. Number one, this block has nothing to do with money. You thought they were gonna have to do with money. No, what I'm doing isn't working. Especially if you're socialized as a woman, but really this can apply to everyone. We are taught that you are bad with money. You don't know how to be good with money. You don't know how to make your business succeed. And that is kryptonite for your business. Thinking, I don't know, I need to ask someone else. I'm going to ask my, uh, my father, who's a neurosurgeon, who has never had a business, has always worked for the hospital, but he's going to tell me what to do about my business because I don't know how. There's so many ways this thought, what I'm doing isn't working. And I think my next one is actually, oh no. Yeah, I don't know how to make it. This is my third one. I don't know how to make, if it's if you're trying to make your first $100, I don't know how to make $100. If you're trying to make, have your first five-figure month, I don't know how to have a five-figure month. If you're trying to make your first 100K, I don't know how to make 100K. If, you don't, if you're trying to make your first million, I don't know how to make a million. I only know how to make 100K. This, this is pervasive at every level. And what I want to offer to you is you do know. Whatever your money goal is right now, you know how to make it. And, and, and what I mean by that is you know what to try. You can, to, so this is the, like my little antidote symbol. <laughs> um, so the antidote for this one is ask your intuition or your guides or whoever you connect to spiritually, what's the next baby step to make a hundred, my first hundred dollars, if that's where you're at. Or my first million, if that's where you're at. What's my next baby step? What can I try? And it doesn't mean that it's going to be easy and everything that you do is going to work. And sometimes your next baby step is going to be like, I want to take this sales co course or I want to hire a sales coach. Like it, it, it can be... Sometimes it can be learning and other times it's like, oh, what if I posted a funny dancing video and said, you can hire me for X, Y, Z, whatever you offer. But your intuition actually knows how you are going to make a million dollars. might not happen as fast as you want it. I can definitely <laughs> attest to wanting things to go fast and getting upset when they don't go as fast as I want. And I want to believe, you know, I am working on the belief. I know how to make a hundred K. I know how to make a million. I know how to do it. 
I'm not going to, I'm going to have to figure it out. It's not necessarily going to be easy, but if I don't give up, I'm going to figure this out. Okay, so I skipped over the first antidote. So the first money block is I don't know what I'm doing or what I'm doing isn't working, right? If you have a business, maybe you're so posting on social media, maybe you're um, networking, maybe you're hiding in, okay, we have someone else here. Let me invite them. God damn it, how do I do this? Ah, it's like, Oh, here we go. Okay. Um, so believing what I'm doing isn't working, whether it's, yeah, maybe you're not networking that much or you're not doing as much as you think you should. Believing what you're doing isn't working. Again, it, it, they, these two, number one and number three, they feed into each other, right? It's like, I, what I'm doing is, isn't working and I don't know how to fix it. And so I'm never gonna make the money I wanna make. So just like feel the energy, feel the, that in your body. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to make hundred K. I don't know how to make a million. I don't know how to make a hundred dollars, my first hundred dollars. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know what to do. See, like my body, my like energy imprint. And like, not to make yourself wrong if you go here, like I go here. <laughs> I definitely have days where I'm like, I don't know what to do and nothing's working and it's all broken. My friends are succeeding and I am just a loser. Like, it's fine. We all go here. And the sooner you can aware, be aware that you're here and think, okay, this is probably not my higher self. <laughs> this part that's like, I don't know, this part probably needs love and care. And also this part should not be making your business decisions. So let's see what I put as the antidote. Because I don't remember. Oh, how is what I'm doing working? Ask your intuition, your guides, your, your higher self, whatever you want to call it. How is what I'm doing already working? So even if you have made $0 so far, but maybe you have connected to some people online and you have helped them out, it's working. People, you know, with sales, like one of the main tenants is people buy from people they know, they like, and they trust. So you're building trust with people. You're building likability for the lack of a better word. You're be becoming known. Even if you've just like chatted with someone at a networking event and it felt good or you posted something and two people liked it. Two people hit like. It's like, it is working. That's what's working. So as opposed to coming from a place of nothing's working, what I'm doing isn't working. It's like, how is what I'm doing working? And then how do I turn up the volume? Once you figure out what is working, then you just, you just need to turn up the volume, right? Like, 
Um, I was at one point working with someone who had some like really good, like phone conversations with someone she met in a particular Facebook group and neither of the people bought and it quote unquote failed and she made $0, but they were both from the same Facebook group and she liked both of them and she would want to work with both of them. And both of them were interested and she didn't, she wasn't, you know, able to go all the way to the end to getting them to sign up, but a lot was working. And then what her brain offered her was like, oh, I should go to in-person networking events. It's like, no, this Facebook group that you're in, it's working. You're somehow connecting to people. They're giving you their most valuable resource, which is time. They're not giving you money yet, but they're giving you the resource that's even more valuable. So how do I turn up the vault for her? How does she turn up the volume in this Facebook group? And each of us is different. There's a, a thousand ways to make a hundred thousand. There's probably a million ways. There's probably a million businesses that make a hundred thousand. And each business makes a hundred thousand a little bit of a different way. So you get to try things out and then notice what's working. What do I like doing? That's a big part of it. Because if you, if it's fun for you, you know, like I'm super introverted, right? So I just like write a shit ton of posts alone in my bedroom and I like send them out. And I don't really go to a lot of networking events. I don't really like mingle because I, it's draining for me. And because at one point I kind of did, a, like I looked, I was going to all these networking events and writing all these posts. And then I was like, oh, all of my clients actually come from my posts, but I'm going to networking events because some marketing guru told me to. <laughs> but, but I don't, for the most part, I don't really feel resourced by that. And in fact, I don't really get very many clients from that. So I'm going to stay in my cave and hide and write a lot of posts and not go to networking events. And then there are other people who have like the complete opposite business, right? Where they don't want to be on social media and they want to be in person and they, and you get to figure out what that is for you. But I want to offer like, how is what you're already doing working? Even if you feel like you haven't started yet, like I, I, one of my clients I got by, this is like my favorite story of how I got a client. I, I'm going to keep it confidential. So I'm not going to give all the details, but like I was at an event, I was talking to a friend and she eavesdropped on the conversation I was having with my friend. And then like a year later found me on Instagram and was like, I want to work with you. So literally what was working is like me talking to my friend in a way that felt like authentic and genuine. And I don't even know which, you know, I don't know what I was talking about, but, but 
there are things you're already doing that are working, that are resourcing you. And you never know where, where you're going to get a client or a customer. So even if you aren't doing any business stuff at that time, I didn't think I was like, marketing my business while I was like probably yelling at my friend to not do something I imagine because that is my personality (sighs) some of you here can attest to um that was somehow that was working so so where can you be yourself be in your get your particular gifts and your particular wisdom be helping people and that, and that they're, and trust that the, I, I mean, you, you do want to be strategic at some point and not just only have conversations with your friends or maybe, I don't know, maybe someone has started a business that way. I don't know that person, <laughs> maybe, but I, I'm open to that possibility, but even if you aren't doing anything business related, what is working? What is energizing you? What is making you feel alive? What is showcasing your gifts, even if it's just showcasing your gifts to a good friend? What is already working? Okay, let's do number two. We skipped it. Okay, this is one of my favorites. Once I make X amount of dollars, I will be successful. So um, this is a thought that I, pro- I have had at every stage of my business, right? When I had made $0, I was like, once I make $100, I'll be successful. And then, then it was 1000 and then it was 10000 and then it was to have a 10K month. And I actually looked at my numbers today and I've made over a hundred thousand all time, not within a 12 month period, but all time in my business. And my brain still has that thought. It's like, now my, now my current brain thought is once I make a hundred thousand within 12 months, I'll be successful. But I'm sure once I hit that, it'll be like 500,000. And then it'll like this thought never goes away. So that's the bad news. And it's also the good news because it, it, it's, pro- it, it's not a problem that you have this thought. You're going to have this thought probably forever. And it's not true. There's this arrival fallacy that we have in the Western world that if I have a ha- if I get married and have a house and a white picket fence and this amount in savings and this amount from my job and da da da, then I'll feel happy. And I think basically every human who hits whatever that fantasy is has a wake up call that oh, just these external things is not what's making me happy. And it's more of an indicator is like, if you are happy along the journey, you'll be happy when you arrive. If you beat the shit out of yourself, 
to get there, you're probably just going to keep beating the shit out of yourself when you're there. We know this like science on neural pathways. It's not like, oh, you hit 100K and then your neural pathways all changed to positive neural pathways. So the good news is you can, you can be successful now. You can feel successful now exactly where you are, even if you've made zero dollars. And you can feel successful all the way along. So let's see what my antidote is. This is so fun that I don't remember this PowerPoint for me. <laughs> okay. Right. So I already said that all entrepreneurs think this, the number just gets bigger and bigger. And so ask your intuition, in what ways is my business successful right now? Even if you've made zero dollars, in what ways is it successful? And in what ways am I successful? I'll add to that. Like maybe you know that you're smart or that you're intuitive or that you're, you have a really good heart. You're already a success. And if you approach building a business of, I am already a success and I, you know, I want to help even more people with my gifts. A, it's going to be way more fun than, you know, I suck and I don't get, I'm going to hold my breath until I get to whatever number your number is right now. We probably all have a number, right? It's like, once I make this amount, then I'll feel confident in myself. So it's more fun along the way. And I think most of the time it's faster to do it believing you're a success. I think there are probably the odd person who's really good at whipping themselves and like killing themselves and hustling to a certain number. But there's also a cap. Like I've heard some people, you know, um, some coaches that I know, business coaches that say you can hustle your way to 100K, but you really can't hustle your way to a million. Like you just, that you run out of hours at a certain point. There's, a, there's an income cap from this grasping, fighting energy. Whereas when you are coming from this heart-centered energy, there isn't really an income cap in the same way. So in what ways is my business successful today? In what ways am I successful today? And then creating whatever your next creation is from that energy of, I know what I'm doing. I can help people. I have something that helps people, right? Like that's what a business is. It's something that helps, even if it's like a mop, right? You sell mops. Like it helps people clean their floors. And I think a lot of folks watching are service-based people. So, you know, you can help people through even just your, your energy, your kindness, whatever your strengths are. 
Okay, number three, we already did. Okay, number four, such a good one. My pricing needs to be accessible to be a good activist. I think a lot of, you know, I know for myself, uh, being a part of overthrowing the white supremacist patriarchy that we live in is a, is a huge value of mine. And so I know I have struggled with this thought a lot, my, that my pricing needs to be accessible to be a good activist. And I think I know what I wrote. Hmm. That isn't even what I was thinking. So I won't go there yet. Um, one thing I wanna offer is that there is always gonna be someone who cannot access your services if you charge money. It's never gonna be accessible to everyone. Even if like, for example, if you like see your clients on Zoom, there are gonna be some people who don't even have Zoom. So even if it was free, this webinar that I'm offering right now for free, even though it's free, it's not, some people can't access it. So you never, you'll never be accessible to everyone. And, what I wanna offer is that there are so many ways to have a business that burns down the white supremacist patriarchy. And sometimes that's like, I am going to work with the most expensive clients. I'm gonna work with the cis heterosexual men who are white and rich. And I'm gonna charge them like $50,000 for a three-day event. And then I'm going to take that money. I'm going to steward that money. I'm going to resource myself. And then I'm going to, you know, donate it to these causes. And that can be a business that is helping make the world a better place. One of my missions right now is and one of the reasons I wanted to have this webinar is I want to get more money into the hands of heart-centered, ethical, equitable folks, people who believe, who have good values. Because, you know, the, there's research on that when women make more money, that they reinvest in their communities, that they donate to charities. And so I want to get, you know, I want to close the wage gap. That's like a passion for me. And because I think the whole world will benefit and, and, and just in general, get more money in the hands of people who are heart centered, who believe in a better world, because then you can steward that money. So, so what I want to offer you with this one is like, you get to choose your pricing, who you want to work with. 
you're not going to be able to work with everyone. That's just impossible. And so if you want to charge a super high rate and work with super privileged people and then like donate 10% of your profits to causes that you care about, you can do it that way. If you want to, you know, charge a median rate and work with this type of people, if you want to charge a median rate, but have a sliding scale or have a scholarship, like there are so many configurations and you just get to choose and there's no one right way. And raising your price, charging a, a, a expensive price does not mean that your business is a horrible business and, and that it's bad for humanity. Okay, so what did I say? Okay, so <laughs> to add to this, patriarchy thinking is you have to do things for a low price and for free. So if you're socialized as a woman, you were taught that basically if you, you're selfish, if you are not doing things for a low price, or for free. And so it, it's, it is really a difficult, it's so ingrained to us, and I think we don't always see it, that we're taught to give and give. And give even, um, you know, you're socialized to be your partner's therapist and your, <laughs> your friend's therapist and, and, and even the people in your personal life to just give for freely and then you barely have any time and energy to put into your business because you're doing all this shit for free for everyone in your life. Like that, that is another money block. <laughs> So my antidote here is to ask your intuition, what group are you meant to serve at what price? And you might, you know, depending on where you are in your business, you might not totally know the answer to that yet, but you can just guess and start to figure it out. And, and, you know, your price will likely change over time. So this isn't like the one-time thing, but yeah, what group are you meant to serve? Who do you love to work with? What are you, what topics are you passionate about? What would you, what fills you up that you, you could talk about it all day, every day? Cause that's like part of what marketing is. It's just talking about something you're passionate about all day, every day. And then, you know, at what price? And to just guess. Melanie says she has to jump out. No worries, Matt. Melanie. See you soon. Okay. Number five, I am not a natural salesperson or I'm not a natural entrepreneur. One of my favorite um, thoughts of my own, money blocks of my own, is entrepreneurship is not in my DNA. 
my parents weren't entrepreneurs. They're like, I didn't really have fam- people in my family that were entrepreneurs. I don't know how to do this. I'm not natural at it. And so when I think that, I feel kind of hopeless and stuck and like, okay, it's not in my DNA. So I guess I'll have to wait till I'm reincarnated or something for my business (laughs) to succeed. So the antidote is sales is a learnable skill. Entrepreneurship is a learnable skill. And also there's a heart-centered ethical way to do sales. I think a lot of us are taught sales is sleazy and gross and unethical and we have to convince people or we have to force people to buy from us. And that's an option, right? And you have probably had that experience at some point in your life where someone has been graspy or like, you know, the, the modern way is like someone messages you and they're like, how are you doing? Like on, in your DMs or on Facebook or whatever, they're like, Hey, how's it going? And then they're like, have you thought about this health supplement? I'm taking this health supplement. It's really helping me. Maybe it might help you. Like where it's like, It's this like, you didn't ask for a health supplement and suddenly someone's like trying to sell you something. So sales is learnable. I I can attest as someone who was not a natural salesperson, did not have a sales job ever, did not have parents who were salespeople or entrepreneurs. And that it really is like any skill, it's learnable. And doing it in a heart-centered way is learnable. And partially it's your own style, right? Like I was talking about, you know, my marketing strategy, because I'm an introvert, is to just like hide and write a lot. And, um, yeah, so, so with sales, you get to find your own way and the way you like to do it. But there is a heart-centered way. So, so to just to tap you into the energy of the heart-centered way, have you ever gone to a shoe store and had someone say like, hey, how's it going? Let me know if you want me to grab you any sizes from the back. And then they kind of leave you the fuck alone until you're like, I love these ones. Do you have them in a nine? Or can you get me the nine and the 10? And then as soon as you're like, can I get, can you get me the nine and 10? They're like, yes, I would love to. And they get you the shoes. They bring them out. They, you know, maybe they help you try them on. Maybe they help you measure your shoe size if you don't know that. But they're there to support you in finding a pair of shoes, but they're not like, even if they're on commission, they're not necessarily like attached. 
they're not following you around the store and looking over your shoulder and saying, oh, I think you would like those ones. Should I get them from the back? Like they leave you alone. <laughs> but then when you need help, they're there. And so you can be that shoe salesperson in your own business where, and again, there isn't one right way to be that sales person, but like, I'll tell you my personal way, not to tell you the how, because your, my way might not be your way, but just to give you an example. So like, I don't DM anybody. I don't message anybody. I write posts. I invite people to book a consultation with me or to come to this workshop that you, you all came to. I invite them. And then if they come, then we have a conversation. If someone books a consultation with me, I get to talk to them about what it would look like if we were to work together, da, da, da. But I'm not DMing people. And I think there's totally, you know, maybe if I was more extroverted, I would do the DM thing. I think there's a sleazy way to do the DMs. And I think there's a totally clean, ethical way to do the DMs too, where, <coughs> you know, you genuinely connect to people and you just talk to them and then Actually, I, I listened to a podcast episode with someone who's a photographer and she, one of the ways she built her business was she would DM people and she would say, Hey, she would like, look at their, you know, do the research, look at their feed, start a conversation, mention that she was a photographer. What do you do? And then just kind of let release the reins at that point. So it's like, she's like, hey, I love that you posted about this. I'm really interested in this topic as well. Wanted to introduce myself. My name's Jasmine. I'm a photographer. You know, would love to know a little bit more about you. And then lets them respond. And she was saying like one in 10 or something say, hey, I'm looking for a photographer. And then nine say either don't reply or it's just, introduce themselves and nothing happens. And she doesn't, she isn't like, do you need a photographer? <laughs> she just mentions, I like what you're doing out on the internet land. I thought we could connect. This is what I do. What do you do? And, and makes genuine connections. So there's a way, you know, like I don't DM, but I'm not saying you, you don't have, you know, you get to figure out your way, but there's a way, whatever way you do it, there's a way to be that clean, lovely shoe person, shoe sales person. That's like, I'm here if you have questions, but is not, energetically is not trying to enter your soul with their energy and extract your money. Um, yeah, so this is great. My question here is when have you bought something and had a great experience? So this is something you can 
you know, maybe do some journaling on. When have you bought something and had a great experience? And what was it about the person? Like what, 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 what did you like about the experience? And it could be, you know, your favorite barista at a cafe who's like super nice and is like, in fact, selling you coffee. Um, yeah, server at a restaurant, could be buying a car, could be buying shoes. When have you had a good experience and, and what was it about that? And then how can you apply it? Like, it's like you already know about sales from being a customer, right? You know what you don't like and you know what you like. And then how can you apply like the essence of what that shoe salesperson was doing or whoever, the your favorite barista? What are, what are the qualities of your favorite barista? And how can you embody that in your sales process? And I just have to add on to this. You will for sure have moments when you are graspy and gross sales-wise. Like it's inevitable. All of us starting businesses, we're trying to do this and we're trying to always be, even that like amazing shoe salesperson that you love, probably their first day of work, they maybe weren't that amazing. <laughs> Like maybe they were following people around the store and the manager had to talk to them and say, okay, chill. <laughs> like, don't follow the customers around. You know, like, so, so it's okay. Like, I just want to say it's okay if you're graspy sometimes. It's okay if you're sleazy. It's okay if you're all of the things. None of us are perfect. I for sure can look back at, you know, for me, an example of my graspy sleaziness is like someone would email me and they would be like kind of interested and then they, their interest would kind of like fall away. They would like not be super responsive. And then I would like email them and just be like, just checking in. I know 2.5 months ago, you said you were interested. What's up? Like, because, you know, I was like, well, they said they were interested. So I am like genuinely following up with their best interest at heart. But really somewhere in me, there was like, I need this person to be a client. And so there's some weird energy happening. And like, that's fine that I did that. And yeah, they did not become my client. <laughs> Those people that I sent seven emails to following up and following up. Um, but it's okay. Like, it's okay. It's okay if you're graspy sometimes. Our goal is, you know, if you think of this amazing shoe salesperson that you love, they probably have bad days. They probably have days where they're like kind of an asshole to the customer or that they're like, I really need the commission this month because my rent is due and it's been a slow month and maybe they are following people around the store. But 
the, you know, they just increase the percentage of the time that they're in this open-hearted, helpful salesperson energy. And that's really the goal is just the more you can be in that energy, the more you can help people decide if they want to work with you or if they want to buy your thing. Okay. So what is our timing? Okay. Um, so think, I was going to do something in pairs, but I think since we're a small group and I know some people, you know, some people mentioned they might have to leave. Um, we're just going to do this in the big, in the big group. So I want to invite you to take a few deep breaths and just feel into of the five that I mentioned, which of these is the most impactful for you. So maybe I'll go through them again since um, you maybe forget. I'll just read them quickly. So number one is what I'm doing isn't working. Number two is once I make this amount of money, I'll be successful. Number three is that amount of money that I need to make to feel successful, I don't know how to make it. I don't know how to make my first hundred, my first thousand, my first 10 K month, whatever, whatever you're working towards. I don't know how to do it. My pricing needs to be accessible to be a good activist. And I'm not a natural salesperson or I'm not a natural entrepreneur. So just take a moment to feel into which of these is impacting you the most right now. And I want to invite a brave person <laughs> to share with us, and I'm going to work with them and their money block a little bit um, to, to, to work with them and help them get through it. And then also a lot of these patterns are universal. So you'll see, you know, you'll maybe learn something about yourself from watching. And I'll um, teach off the process too. So even if you have a completely different money block, you can, you can see how this might apply. So who is willing uh, to share and be coached a little bit or core energetics a little bit, which is my, what my training is in. I'm happy to go. Great. Yeah. Unless anybody else would like to, I'm good. 
Okay, we'll start with you and we might have time to do a couple people. We'll just see how it goes. So um, yeah, we'll start with you. So which of these money blocks, Michelle, do you feel is the most impactful right now? So I do think it is that combo, the three, one <laughs> combo. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and I'll tell you how they relate to me. For, yeah. So number one is um, when you were describing the, what I'm doing isn't working. And then it's like, I need to ask others because I spent like 16 years as an academic. So like, I get really up in my head, you know, I'm like, hey, I'm in the business of like research and teaching people. So I kind of have like that bullshit like out, which is totally, I get like how that can be outsourcing my authority, right? Like, so there's that fine balance that I kind of go back and forth with. So then when I'm convinced that I don't know, right? And there's information out there that I want, but nobody's giving it to me. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like I get like mad like that. Then the number three part kicks in because when somebody, when I get coached and they're like, but what if you did know? I'm like, okay, you're not listening to me. I just told you, I don't know. And I'm not heard right now. You know what I mean? Like, so I get like really, um, if anything, it almost just is like, then I have to like, I don't know, like I just root myself even further down, you know, into like believing that I don't know. And then, cause like, you don't believe I don't know, then you're not helping me. Like I get really like kind of weird, it doesn't happen all the time, but like when it does, I can feel it's like, you know, my gears all of a sudden just like stop. And I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm stuck on this. And I can feel energetically, I can feel something's going on. And it's definitely like a big, like block feeling. So I'm like, oh, that's a thing. Like mm -hmm. that's, not, you know, like that's like outsized, you know what I mean? It's like out of proportion for the thing that's happening here. It's like, like I just like, the, and I'm trying to push the gears to keep going and they're like locked in and I lock in. That's kind of mm -hmm. how I describe it. So that's a little bit messy of a, you know, comp combo. No, that's great. That's great. That's perfect. Three, one. Yeah. So let me yeah. just ask you one question for context. Have you made any money? Are you at zero dollars or have you made, have you had some clients? You just don't have yeah. as many as you want. Yeah. Yeah. I have made money and I have some clients and, um, I'm working on some new things, you know, for next year. Yeah. So I'm feeling good about that, but I'm definitely not where I want to be. And then I get into the like, but I need, right. And as soon as I hear that, I'm like, watch out. But like, I need more clients or I need, you know, um, and I definitely do want to like get bigger. I mean, then I'm really good with that now. Like I've worked on yeah. some of those patriarchal yeah. limiting beliefs. Um, but yeah, it's still this like, but I don't know what I'm doing or I need to ask for help and don't dare anybody say, but what if you did know? Cause then I get like really mad, you know? So I'm like, wow, that's interesting. I get like so pissed about that. Like I'm so invested in me not knowing. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I want to investigate this a little bit. Can you feel that part right now that like gets pissed? Is, are they in the room? Because <laughs> yeah, I just said it to you and I'm like, oh, he even just saying it. I'm like, oh yeah, there's like the little sweating. <laughs> like, yeah. I feel it. Yeah. Where do you feel it in your body? It's always like kind of in the same spot. It's um, the throat. It's always like between my throat and like my belly button sort of. And it kind of just feels like, um, constricted, right? Like in my throat and it feels kind of hard. Yeah. So I want to invite you, if you're open to it, to put your hands on your throat or on your chest or on your belly, wherever it feels 
the best to your body. Mm-hmm. And just to send some loving energy, if you feel open to it, mm-hmm. into the constriction. Mm-hmm. And we're not trying to make the constriction go away here. We just want to get to know it. Just breathe. Send it some loving energy. And, you know, the other, to the other participants and to anyone watching the replay, I want to invite you to do the same. Whatever part of your body feels the most constricted right now, you can, you can put your hands there and send some loving energy as well. So you can be a part of this in your own way. So everyone breathe, take some deeper breaths. And I want you all to notice just what happens when you send the loving energy through your hands to whatever part of you feels restricted. And Michelle, you can to maybe let us know how it, how it feels for you. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you reminding me to breathe because that's one thing that happens because like, I forget. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I can like feel my heart beating a little bit. I couldn't really feel that sensation before because it was like kind of locked in and tight, you know? Now it feels a little bit uh, looser, but yeah, I'm like still aware that it's definitely, you know, still there just a little looser mm-hmm. and would you say like if you tune into the energetic quality of this constriction that's kind of in this column in your body does it feel like anger or what emotion just because of the yeah. way you yeah yeah I wouldn't have thought anger but it definitely feels like anger <laughs> Like yeah. when you said it, like you picked up on it, but yeah, it's like, oh, I get like pissed when somebody says that. I'm like, oh, that's interesting that I'd be angry, right? Yeah. 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 So I just want to invite you to be angry for this moment. If you are, if that re- resonates as what, that's what this energy is. Yeah, I mean, that's what's present now. I think there's layers to it. There's probably like the overwhelmed confusion thing, you know, uh-huh. but I definitely feel when somebody says, but what if you did know, or even like when you were saying, you do know. Right, 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 right. right. Like, she doesn't know, <laughs> you know, yeah. that was like the reaction that came up. So that I think it is like an anger. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to invite you to take a risk here and you can say yes or say no, but I want you to let this energy speak to me and say like, fuck you, Bryn. Like, <laughs> You don't know what you're, you don't know what I don't know (laughs) or whatever would be true or just, I'm angry, you know, that you don't have to start with a swear word if you don't want to, but you're welcome to. Yeah. Right. Like I'm thinking about when you said it and I, um, you do know. Yeah. I'm going to say it to you again and I want you to just respond in the most you know, unfiltered way. Yeah. So Michelle, you totally know what you need to do. Yeah. 
So that's bullshit because you have no idea what I know, like that, what I don't know, right? Like it feels like a expectation. Yeah, it's something like you don't know me, right? I should know and that I don't. So telling me I know something I don't know and Uh, able to do the thing I don't know how to do, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I just want you to check, is this a familiar experience? Like maybe not necessarily about money, but. Definitely. Yeah. It definitely yeah. can like, even feel like tearing up a little bit. Like, yeah, I could yeah. feel like the emotion was like right at the surface. So it's pretty familiar. Yeah. 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 So I want to invite you to connect to this young part that was maybe expected to know things that yeah. she didn't know. Mm-hmm. And just send her some loving energy. What, how old does she feel in this moment? Yeah, I was just thinking that same thing. It definitely feels um, a little bit younger, you know, like, like younger, like teenager, younger-ish probably. Um, there's a sense of like, uh, like it's not fair or something. Yeah which is why I think it's a younger yeah. part because the older part probably wouldn't be feeling it in that same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And do you have a sense of who I am? Am I a teacher? Am I a parent? Am I a, you know, another, I imagine I'm an adult in your life when you were a teenager, but. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I mean, I could envision it being, you know, like a couple different people. I can envision being um, a parent, but also other, I think like adults around that are close by. So I think it's a, it's not one specific, you know, I think it's more of just like an experience I had, right? Like familiar. Yeah. You mm -hmm. had it with multiple people. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what would you say to this young part of you? either you now or your higher self yeah what would you say to this young part who was expected to know shit she just genuinely did not know right what could you say to her Hmm. yeah a couple of things are coming in but I just want to like sit for a minute and see like what really is emerging yeah take your time So if it's me, like now, like right now, Mm -hmm. um, I would say it's a process. It takes time. I don't expect you to know everything because it's totally unrealistic. Mm -hmm. Um, Like as a compassionate human, I would say that. And also as somebody who's a coach and academic, I don't believe people just know shit always, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, like, Mm -hmm. like it takes time and practice, even like with intuition takes practice to tap into yes. that. So, yeah. so it feels a little more like um uh like nurturing probably like kind of so like yeah nurturing I guess is sort of the, the feeling that comes for me. Yeah. And everybody watching I just want you to notice what you're feeling in your body as 
you know, Michelle connects, you can leave your hands where they are in your body. You can, you know, move them, you can take them off. Just notice how you're impacted energetically. And so Michelle, just see if the young part can take in that compassionate, like, of course you don't know everything and it takes time. Mm -hmm. And there, you know, you're still a good kid, even though you don't know everything immediately. Right. Yeah. See if she can take that in. Yeah. I think so. There's sort of like a, well, let's see, <laughs> let's see if you really believe that, you know, like the yeah. self-trust piece, um, which is something that I've definitely been uh, leaning into more, especially building a business, right? <laughs> so, yeah. um, so, but yeah, I definitely think that she can hear that and, and feel the, um, the like honesty behind it because it is like a true sentiment that I have about being encouraging and nurturing and I do believe all those things I said uh -huh. mm -hmm. oh so just let her take in whatever percentage you know maybe she can take in 50 percent maybe more maybe less like whatever percent she can take in and and let her have her distrust or her doubt mm -hmm. as well we, she doesn't have to be a hundred percent on board right away. Mm -hmm. Because what can happen even within ourselves is whatever message we got from the outside, we internalize and then we do it to ourselves. Right. Yeah. So there are probably moments in your life where you have been like, get it together. Why don't you know, Michelle? Why don't I know everything? You know? So when our inner child doesn't fully trust us, like that's a good thing. Cause I know with my inner child, I have fucked up a lot and less the more work I do on myself, but I still, I still fuck it up. So it's like, it's totally okay. Mm -hmm. She doesn't trust a hundred percent. And if this feels right, you can say to her, I'm going to mm -hmm. do my best to to be in this compassionate place with you all the time. I might not do it perfectly, but that's my intention here. Yeah. And, and you know, everyone watching, where do you need to be compassionate with yourself? I am sure mm -hmm. Michelle is not the only one here. I know that this is something I have to work on and that, you know, we don't always think about this as a money block, but it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So just to close this inner child piece, Michelle, just see if there's anything else she wants to say to you or you want to say to her. So the parting piece that comes up um, is just, this kind of feels like high stakes. So, so keep that in mind. Like, but you know what I mean? Like the inner child kind of feels that way or maybe it's the adult meat, right? Like money and business and, you know, taking care of your family and things like that. It's, it feels like high stakes. 
And so there's just that, um, right now it doesn't feel like a pressure, just feel like a knowing, like just know yeah. that this is how this feels. Like it feels like really important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so just take a moment here to close with her. And then I, I wanna invite your, your higher self or your adult back to these two money blocks and just see what wisdom your higher self might have about them at this point the money blocks mm -hmm. what i'm doing isn't working and i'll only know how to be successful once i make xyz number of dollars mm -hmm. um i mean i guess the the piece that emerges from our conversations um, reminds me of something from um, some other teachings about like, you know, when we're like the, the, the student, the, you know what I mean? The, the inquirer, the scientist, the whatever, right? Like, right. Yeah. like I'm thinking, right? Like, um, so what I'm doing isn't working, but like, is it true or what parts, you know, those kinds of questions. Right. So I guess it's calling in um, that, that like approach to me and curiosity is super important. Like being a, you know, curious feminist really matters a lot to me. So I'm tapping back into that. Yeah. 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 And, you know, to challenge you just a little more. It's like you have some clients. I know. And I love them and it's like totally awesome. <laughs> and I love working with them. You yeah. have amazing clients yeah, they are amazing yeah. how did you get them no yeah i mean i think all of them it was um me having conversation with them or like a referral from somebody who knows me and you know i just showed up as myself and yeah, yeah. so what worked was being yourself around people in your network right. mm -hmm. and showing up as yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. So what you're doing is working and you want to turn up the volume and hearing you want more clients, mm -hmm. but you showing up as yourself is bringing you amazing clients. Yeah. And that's what, I mean, I've been working on my self-concept as a feminist thought leader and just showing up. And that's why I'm doing this right now. I just jumped in. I have no makeup on. I didn't even know if I was going to be able to be here live. I'm like, fuck it. I'm here. I'm doing it. <laughs> like, let's just do it. Jump in. So good. Yeah. Are you open to, to some feedback from the group, from the people watching? Just to see how they maybe they can relate to what you're going through or what what touched them. Are you open to that? Mm -hmm. 
So it, it's not required, but if anyone watching wants to tell Michelle how her process touched you in some way, you're welcome to unmute. Hi, I was touched by um, the compassion that you're directing towards yourself. And I also thought it was really neat that you were identifying, oh, well, you know, that part's maybe a younger part because it's thinking this or saying that. This part's maybe a different age because of that. So yeah, I appreciated your thought process and I was touched by your compassion for your parts. Leslie, anyone else want to give feedback to Michelle? It's totally not required, but I just want to make that space. Yeah, so Michelle, what do you want to take away from this little exercise? What do you want to remember? What feels important? I'm thinking there was something else that came up that you said, I'm trying to think of where you said it, um, about, um, what did you say? It was just about like showing up, um, like as maybe you were giving an example from your own life. When I said that I got a client through someone eavesdropping on a conversation. That part. <laughs> no, but I liked that. At first I was like, Hey, why is she eavesdropping? But then I was like, Oh, okay, great. You know? Um, but no, it was, um, Oh, Oh, Ah, actually it was under number one. So I'm kind of laughing at myself now. Um, but the part about how, okay, now I'm really laughing at myself because you know how I just said I got so pissed when people say, what if you did know that I wrote down how is what I'm already doing working, <laughs> which like should have pissed me off, but it didn't. Uh, it was like the part I think where you said something about like turning up the volume in that space. Yeah. So, like, um, and the way I interpreted that was not like having to know the answer. I didn't feel like I knew, but it was like, of, um, you know, like when I'm talking just without shame, just boldly about like feminism, patriarchy, limiting beliefs, how that shit's all in there. Nobody's immune from it. Like that kind of stuff feels like really freeing and good to me. And I haven't always felt free, you know, to say that. I haven't always felt like it's been a safe thing to do and say. Um, but I do definitely feel that so much more now. And I have been working to turn that up and to like feel safe within myself. So that was the thing that um, I wrote there. And that's the thing that's just coming back up to me, up for me right now. Yeah, I love that. So that is working. That feels good. Mm -hmm. And that, yeah is something that you've worked on to get to a place of knowing how to do it mm -hmm. and knowing how to feel confident. Yeah, it's like the work along the way. That's not the numbers of clients or, you know, income. It's the other goals that I have for myself along the way. And that's working. 
Yeah. And that it's that kind of work is going to impact clients' numbers, right? Mm -hmm. Having your voice on this topic that you're passionate about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That will impact your business for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as you build the confidence even more and even more, like you've already gotten it here and I'm sure you'll continue to, you know, bring it forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is, it is, it is a, a money related thing, even though it's a quote unquote soft skill or whatever. Yeah. And it's doing it in a different space instead of like in academia, you know, instead of in certain ways, it's like using my voice in a way that could actually be more authentic without the, you know, sort of these patriarchal structures of higher ed and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Thanks. You're welcome. (laughs) So I'm going to teach off your process a little bit, if that's okay. So we identified the money block. We noticed how it impacted her body and just welcomed it into her body and connected to it. And then we explored where it might come from. It ended up being something that was familiar and like it just kind of came naturally. I don't think I even asked you specifically like where does this come from? You know, I think. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I and I'm pretty comfortable with parts work. So I might've just like gone there, you know, like but I don't think you asked. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we, we did, and it just kind of came up and we worked, yeah, we worked with this young part that had to know things she didn't know and, and felt like that's what I was saying to her. and gave compassion. So whatever your money block is, like the key really is awareness. That is the most important key. Just being aware of it. If you can go to step two and notice how it impacts your body and send the loving energy to the block in your body. That is going to help. And then if you want to go even deeper, you can journal about, okay, is this feeling familiar? Where might it come from? When have I felt this anger before or this hopelessness before or this sadness before, whatever feeling that's coming up and to just be curious about it. Because I think sometimes we think that like money is this other thing that's like not connected to self-compassion, right? Like I love that part of this healing was like self-compassion. And self-compassion is going to help you overcome money blocks. 
because guess what? When you're beating the shit out of yourself, you don't really want to work on your business. And you know what helps your business grow in part? It's working on your business, <laughs> like trying shit out, trying different things. And so if you're beating yourself up and you just feel like crap, but then you're going to be like, I don't want to, I don't want to try anything else. So it's so beautiful that you um, illuminated for all of us how compassion can be a part of healing money blocks. So I want to make just a, a little bit of space here for everyone who's here live. And Melanie, you weren't here when I said this, so um, it's being recorded. If you choose to speak, it will be on the recording. So totally up to you whether you speak or not. But um, yeah, what do you want to take away from this workshop? Any part of it, the slides part, uh, Michelle's work, whatever part touched you the deepest, what do you want to take away? What do you want to remember? You can just unmute when you're ready and share. So I'm gonna go first. Uh, so for me, I wanna say it's, you know, like I really feel what you mean about like, you know, yes, I could beat myself up and go forward, but that just doesn't feel right. Uh, I mean, I've done that enough in my life and I know it's not the good way to go, or at least it doesn't feel like the right way. So for me, it's really about listening to myself and finding the way while also respecting who I am and how, how I am, but also going forward in a, in a good, I guess, compassionate way. Yes. And uh, it's much more easy. It's, it's easier said than done, but um, yeah, I guess that's, uh, that's what I want to go with. It's like find, following this path. Finding your own way and having compassion at every stage. How oh, beautiful. Love it. Thank you. <laughs> Leslie, did you want to share any takeaways? Uh, yeah. Um, what I noticed is that um, for my pricing needs to be accessible, you know, to be a good activist, that one got me the most it was like and I noticed I actually felt panic I was like wow yeah so having the you know the the time and the space and the structure of this workshop to really sit with it it was it was really fascinating to see how much was there and uh I feel really positive that you know this is giving me this is creating an entrance for me 
to go deeper with that. Yeah. Yeah. And Melanie says, that's my big one too. So you're not alone. And I have done a shit ton of work on that one <laughs> because yeah, I think a lot of us who are in the world of social justice in some way, that's a huge. That is for sure. A huge mess. And it's like, I'm so confused. Like, I'm just like, where do they come? Not that that one, but the, this, this idea that if you're a good activist, you're like poor or you like just have enough money, right? Like you, you don't have, you like live in a tiny home and like <laughs> you just have enough money and you make all your own food and you don't go out for dinner. Like, yeah, like, like I and, and people in this uh, same category were not allowed to have more. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's like, I don't know where it came from and I'm, I'm literally like researching it because I'm trying to figure it out. But like, did the super rich capitalists plant this in the activist mind? Because that would have been a smart thing for them to do. Like, let's have all the money in the people who don't give a shit about the world and then no money in the good hearted people. I think it comes from religion. Because um, the idea that, you know, um, people are, it goes back, you know, to the Middle Ages and the mortification of the flesh, right? Like, you know, flagellate, self-flagellation and all this kind of stuff and giving up of worldly possessions as a sign of being more godly. And that played perfectly into the church, like, give us your money, life sucks mm -hmm. on earth, your reward is in heaven, and you have to put your money into the church. Um, I think a lot of it comes from religious programming. Oh, that's a good piece of a puzzle that I hadn't. And the work ethic, absolutely. Right. Yeah, Protestant work ethic and it's noble, like the nobility of poverty. Yeah. Like yeah. somehow so sort of more noble, more pure. Yeah. There's so many layers. Yeah. And Michelle's also writing in the comments, the patriarchy, you've got to be small, you've got to fit, like all of this. So, so good. So we are out of time. Um, if, you know, one of my missions right now is to get more money into the hands of the good humans. And so if you want to go even deeper into this work, I want to offer you a free consultation where we can, you know, look at your money blocks and what might help you and whether us working together is what will be this deep clean of your um your brain your neural pathways and your body of these this programming you got from the church from the patriarchy from you know all these places that we're talking about so i will send out an email with the the link to book a consultation if that feels in alignment to you. And yeah, I guess the last, my kind of closing thoughts are, I used to think 
if money blocks shit didn't work. And I think a big part of it was like, I would do it like for like a week intensively. And then I like, wouldn't do any money blocks work for three months. And then I'd like, I was kind of dipping or I'd like read, I was like reading all the books, but I wasn't doing the exercises in the books. So if this is a priority for you and it does not have to be, but you did just give an hour and a half of your time to this workshop. So maybe it is a priority for you. My invitation, one of my invitations to go deeper is to make it a more regular practice. I think things really started to shift for me in my business when I started my intention was to do it every day. Did I do it every day? No, but like to, but to journal about it, about money <laughs> and what I was thinking about it and what I thought was holding me back and what my higher self was saying and what my inner child was saying about money every day. And I did it, you know, probably four times a week or something with that intention, you know, like totally imperfectly, but, but I did it a lot. And that's when things started to shift more quickly than for those years when I was like reading the books, but not doing the exercises and doing, doing, uh, you know, a little bit of intensive work for two weeks and then forgetting about it for four months. Like um, one person who I interviewed on my podcast, who is a self-made millionaire, she's awesome, Megan Tong. One of the things she, one of the invitations she gave to us in the podcast is like, think about your money, your relationship with money as like a, a romantic relationship. Like if you only, if you do it intensively two weeks, but then you like don't text the person for four months, like mm. <laughs> might make sense that the relationship's not going that well. Like if we want to have a good relationship with money, we have to have a relationship with it. Okay. That's all I got. <laughs> so um yeah the replay will be available uh feel free to forward it to folks other folks who might need it and if you have any questions about any of this feel free to email me i am all in on getting more money into the hands of these beautiful equitable heart-centered people who are here and who I'm sure are watching the replay too. So feel free to email me. Okay. Happy Saturday, everyone. Thanks, Bryn. I'll be in your inbox soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for the call. Yeah, thank nice to see everybody. Thanks. Have a great day. Bye. If you resonated with this episode, I want to offer you a free private one-hour consultation with me. Through doing the deep inner work, my clients have been able to do things like quit the job they hate and land a job they love, or get their first paying clients in their dream business 
And if they're a little bit further down the road, double their revenue. They've been able to fall in love and go to bed each night feeling satisfied and accomplished. In the consultation, we'll talk about what your dream looks like, what's getting in the way, and whether working together can help. Email me at brin at brinbamber.com to book.